Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime in the stables of soccer. Kickoff in the Casa de Calcio, the forward to the Fiesta from the fringe of fiends fixed foremost in football's front line. Oh yes, it's that time again. It's BR Football Ranks, your antidote to the abundance of asinine audio accounts pouring persistently through your podcast providers. Don't be alarmed though, the answer has come. We don't just talk about football here. We put it back in the correct order. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your host today, keeping my superstar colleagues in check like Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars. So to throw it back to old blue eyes, Robbie Williams and Bridget Jones's diary. Have you met Dean Jones? Someone said as we shook hands, he was just Dean Jones to me. What a beautiful voice you've got, <laughs> young Jack. Good to keep going. And then hop on board, ladies and gentlemen, to HMS Titanic. His predictions are a little bit sink or swim. And we've hit a few ranking icebergs in our time. But near, far, wherever you are, his rankings will go on. <laughs> yeah, more sink than swim, but thank you for the faith in keeping me on and keeping me in a job. We will we'll always be here for the rank god, Sam. Always, always. A bit later in the day, we're going to be joined by former Premier League striker and a true showstopper in his day, Marlon Harewood, to talk about his luxury lifestyle business. But before that, it's time for Hot Takes. Dean, what you got for me? Well, I've actually got a bit more of a rant because I feel like the hype over Virgil van Dijk's 2v1 defending against Tottenham the other day needs to just be tempered a little mm. because it was a moment, uh, just to remind everyone, when Sissoko went through on goal and he was 2v1, Van Dijk's in the middle, Son's to one side, Van Dijk decides to usher uh, Sissoko away so that he has to shoot. It was good defending and he did the right thing because Sissoko missed his shot. But it's been spoken about like Van Dijk has suddenly changed the face of defending and like this is a revolutionary thing that nobody's ever seen before. I actually spoke to a couple of defenders before coming on and saying this just in case I was wrong. But they did both say, yes, he did do well, but it's pretty basic defending. Like that is a decision you make as a defender. You get your body shape right. You make a decision. Which one do you want to have the shot? How are you going to get in the way of this? And you go with it. Mm. That's exactly what Van Dijk did. Um, I just feel like sometimes he's getting a bit too much praise because he's had such a good season. Everyone's looking for things to highlight. The fact is, he let Sissoko get a shot in. Sissoko got his shot in. And to be honest, he should have scored. So what would have happened if Sissoko had surprised everyone, hit a left foot shot into the corner? Van Dijk would be getting criticised right now for not getting over, making a block, making a tackle, and it would be completely flipped around. So I'm not saying that Van Dijk is not having an amazing season. I'm not saying he didn't even do well in that situation. I'm just saying, let's put our foot on the ball a second, let's calm down and realise that it was a pretty basic moment for a £75 million defender. All right, Sam, do you agree? I reckon I could have uh, done the same thing. (laughs) Look, no. Logically speaking, what do you do in that scenario? You block the channel off to Hyungmin Son so he can't shoot, and you force Sissoko onto his left foot. You know Sissoko's not a great shooter anyway, but on his left side, his weak side, he's even worse, and you let your £70 million goalkeeper deal with a wrong-footed shot from an OK midfielder. Like... The thought process is not exactly Einstein here. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm with Dean here. Like I, I love Van Dijk. As, um, like he's been amazing this season. He was top of my Player of the Year rankings for a reason. Let's take nothing away from his season. But what you said there about people looking for stuff to be impressed about, 
it's literally confirmation bias now with with Van Dijk to the point where that, which was good but not amazing, has been heralded as like he's the Dutch Maldini who has reshaped Ser- defender. Okay, but last week everyone was being like, oh, he'd done terribly with Serge Gnabry when we all agreed that he actually had done fine. Yeah. Showed him into the channel. He quite hadn't quite got across, but it was actually just a, a wonderful goal. There was nothing wrong with this it. This is just another example of that. It's just yeah. flipped around. Like everything he does is being highlighted so much. Like there's a mistake against Fulham. Oh no, look at Van Dijk. He makes mistakes. Oh no, look, he's let Gnabry come in. Oh, but look at this. It's like he's just being a defender. I don't know. I, I think that playing the percentages is the best thing you can do in that in that situation. He's obviously in the heat of the moment as well. He's obviously looked at the situation. He's had clocked that it. it was Youngman Son being like, I'm not allowing him to get the ball. That's not happening. He, he stood you know, away. He, he's pushed Sissoko wide. He's played all the percentages he can possibly do mm-hmm. in that situation. And that's what you can allow him for. No, you have to be able to allow someone for doing the right thing in a situation which could have co- possibly cost his team the game and, and won the game and to the title. But there's like, there's a pundit in England, Martin Keown. He said something like, you don't, you don't, you won't read about that in a coaching manual. Really? What, what would it say in a coaching manual then? There what, is no coaching manual. Yeah, so, for a start. What but. is he talking about? What is he saying most people would have suggested you do in that situation? I, I think most I think people would have closed out. the ball. I think most defenders would have closed the ball. I don't. No, not in no, that I, situation. I really, I really don't think what he did was that revolutionary. I think because you're two on one, because you're in so much space, you essentially just try and stop a one-two or a clear shot on goal and you shepherd one person over to one side to try and narrow that angle, which is what he did. And Sissoko really slashed at it because you could tell that Sissoko wanted to pass yeah. to Son. And like, as I was saying, the decisions, all the decisions he made in those five seconds, fair enough, they're under they pressure. Were... You're 85 minutes in after a hard game against Tottenham. But they're also, it hasn't reinvented the wheel. It is what you would expect a, a, a top-level defender to do, or even just a Premier yeah, League-level defender. People talk about him as player of the year. Of course he's doing good things like this. That's what he does. Yeah, of course. But that's it. It's no, the, there's too much hype around it. I've, seen, I've read 10 articles from people say, saying how it's amazing. Like, I've read someone tweeting, comparing him to like Maldini. Like, no, calm down. So, so, we, so we don't like it when he's overpraised, but we also don't like it when he's criticised for the wrong reason. So just consider us three... The, the, the moral arbiter and the moral level, the spirit level of Van Dyke. If you need to know if he played well or not, or how well he played out, you don't, you don't need to ask, do you? Come if and he played well or not. Come of and speak he to played us. Well. Come and speak to us about it. We will tell you exactly how well he played or not in real terms, with no yeah. hyperbole whatsoever. Yeah, Van Dyke, None. good player. Stop being surprised. <laughs> right. Move on. On that note, Sam, what's your take? <laughs> okay. Uh, Zinedine Zidane started his son. Yes, Lucas Zidane in goal against Huesca uh, at the weekend. Probably the weirdest flex in football this <laughs> season. Fortunately for him, it did just about turn out okay. Just. Seemingly, just. They're 1 3 2. Just. Um, seemingly unfazed by this raging debate about whether he should play uh, Thibaut Courtois or Kayla Navas, two world class goalkeepers, he went, you know what? I'll chuck a third name in there, my son, and see what happens. Now, I appreciate Courtois is, is injured and I appreciate uh, Navas had flown back from Costa Rica after the international break. But this is just like unnecessarily strange, yeah, right? Weird, At it? this point, it's, it's, I appreciate that Real Madrid are on the longest preseason in history, probably for <laughs> probably five months. But I'm starting to think Zidane is like, can I make it the greatest mini banter era of Real Madrid history? Like, Zidane's performance wasn't amazing. He made one save. It was an easy save. He made it look hard. Yeah. He considered two goals that weren't necessarily his fault and he kicked the ball straight to Wesker strikers a few times as well, giving the ball away and creating pressure. So hardly the kind of performance that, that 
had they not won the game thanks to a beautiful Benzema goal very late on, hardly the kind of performance that people wouldn't exactly just dig out and be like, well, what on earth are you doing there? If Navas is fit enough for the bench, he's fit enough to play. I just thought the whole thing was incredibly odd. So odd. So odd. It's such a power play, isn't it? He let in a goal after like three minutes. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good finish, though. It, it was, was a good, a good finish. finish. It wasn't actually his fault. But, um, is that him being like, I'm back and I will do whatever I want? Yeah, I think, obviously, Zidane is taking the opportunity right now. So he's going to give everybody a chance in this squad between now and the end of the season. Especially his children. But nobody actually thought he was going <laughs> to stretch that to be like, yep. And the first person to get that chance is my boy. This <laughs> um, so is like at Sunday League level where you're like, you know, the manager's da- uh, the the play the manager's son always gets to play, even though he's necessarily the worst player on yeah. the team. And you're well, like, it's going to be interesting now going forward because does he play him again? Because what happens to his confidence now if he doesn't get another game for the rest of the season? Does he think? Dad's seen enough of me. He doesn't want <laughs> does me back Or did he go? Dad gave me a go when it was against West Ham because like, he thought it'd be I like, to be right. fair, Dad. Courtois hasn't been that good this season either. Yeah. Like, I think I should keep my spot here. It's like, I've got Kayla Navas knocking on the door as well. Though, so. They were at home to the 20th placed team in La Liga just off an international break. It was, it was the best time you could possibly have or choose for Zidane to play his son. And it nearly packed yeah, it, it Very nearly back. You can't doubt this man though, can you? Zidane, everything he touches turns to gold at Real Madrid. So yeah. maybe this is an absolute masterstroke. I'm going to put my head on the line and say it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this was a terrible idea. And if it wasn't for a moment of magic from Benzema... Zidane would have been blushing real hard. Both Zidans would have been blushing. He real would have had hard. some big questions to answer. I mean, as it was, all the press in Spain have written a lot of articles about this, and he was immediately quizzed on. Hang on, why is your son in goal? By yeah. the way, like, what's going on there? Then? Where's this come from? For the record, by uh, the way, if you're not, sure, if, if you're listening and you're, you're not actually sure, Lucas Zidane is actually a professional footballer who <laughs> plays for Real Madrid and has done for a while. It's yeah. not that he he pointed into the stands and said, "Hey, son, come and have a go." Like, he is a footballer, right? It's just that he has been a third choice goalkeeper. He's still still quite young, but he's it was his Real Madrid debut. Yeah. Uh, first team debut. So that's that's the level we're at here. Yeah. He hasn't picked someone out of the crowd. Okay. All right. right, well we'll leave it there. Not this if time. Zidane starts picking people out of the crowd, then you know he's fully lost the plot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, there's my seven year old son. <laughs> uh, he can have a go as well. Right. Um so the third hot take as ever came from you on Twitter. We put a poll up yesterday. We asked if you were interested in whether the MLS should add relegation and promotion. I must add, this was added to me on Twitter. Uh, I just put relegation, which gets you just you're down. That's it. Like, full stop. End <laughs> off. Um, that's not what I meant. Um, that got 35% of the vote. 21% of the vote went for underrated players in La Liga. Uh, but the winner by some distance in the end, was uh, who we thought was the best left-back in the world. I'm interested that, one, that people chose this because I thought it was maybe the, the broadest and maybe least exciting question. I was of surprised three. as well, yeah. I was surprised, but, you know, we are men of the people uh, <laughs> and we, we do do what democracy says. Uh, so, therefore, we, we're discussing best left-backs in the world. I, I mean, I'd put the first shout on the table as Jordi Alba of Barcelona, who's been consistently at the top of his game for so long, good defensively, excellent going forward forward links up so well with Messi there's not too many aspects of his game that you can really judge in a, in a negative light but I imagine that people will have different views nobody you Dean I imagine you will have a contrasting view to me here yeah because the best left back in the world 
is and has been for a while Marcelo. Now, I know that people straight away are going to go, no. oh, Marcelo's had a rubbish season. Yeah. And like, like yeah. everyone at Real Madrid has had a rubbish season. It doesn't mean they're all rubbish footballers. What, is Gareth Bale a rubbish footballer all of a sudden because Real Madrid haven't been good this season? No. Marcelo is just suffering as a result of the fact Real Madrid have been suffering. He misses Ronaldo a lot. And he wants to join Juventus. So that's where <laughs> we're heading with that. Marcelo is going to end up probably joining Juventus. And when he gets to Juventus, he's going to be a lovely footballer again. He's only 30 years old. He's won the Champions League, is it four or five times? Um, How is he only 30? He's only 30 years old. He's played for Real Madrid since like 2007, I think. It's a ridiculous amount of time he's been playing that position at the Bernabeu. He's been their best player consistently outside of the Galacticos forwards year after year after year. I just don't think that you can look at it just based on the last six months when the team has been completely out of sorts and suddenly dismiss Marcelo as a footballer and as a left-back. I'm going to go to you because you're going to tell me that he doesn't defend. Yeah, and it also... Doesn't need to. He, he hasn't also, been defending for years. He's yeah, not a defender. He's not, he's not he's been, he has not been able to defend for more than six months. <laughs> he has not been able to defend for years and years. Has it been to the detriment of Real Madrid and Brazil? Well, no, because Ronaldo just bailed them out time yeah, and time it's, it's, and time yeah. again. The only reason he... How does, many goals has has he influenced going forward? He's Quite. a wonderful attacking player. Yeah, no yeah. one's debating that. He's yeah. changed the face of being a left back. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't. He's followed on from That's... a man like Roberto Carlos. Yeah, Do yeah. Do you think he's you not know the first? Not... Carlo Ancelotti, Zinedine Zidane, all these kind of people that have managed him. You're not asking the same question. Yeah, that's, that's, is he the best left-back yeah. at Real Madrid? The answer to that is no, yes. No, because if they wasn't, then they would have bought a better left-back to replace him because Real Madrid have been the best they team in the world. They weren't by Jordi Alba, were they? No, but they have, you, have to, you have to judge it within, within, the, within like the, the Real Madrid ecosystem. So as long as you can afford to justify Marcelo's incredibly attacking nature, and they did so with Ronaldo, it's fine. It's not harmful to you. It's when Ronaldo leaves that what Marcelo does is chaotic, kamikaze, and hurtful. And that's why he got benched by Reguilón. So that that's that's why that happened. You, I don't think I could. Fairness, that didn't go that well either. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I could really genuinely sit there and say that the best left back in the world is a left back who can't defend. So I go with Jordi Alba. I th- I think Jordi Alba is probably the best over over a span, and I think he's the most well rounded at that top level. But I do want to mention Andrew Robertson here say, as well. Let's get some honourable mentions in. I do want to mention. I want to mention Andrew Robertson because this is no. now this is now eighteen months at a very very good level, like top bracket left back level and he does everything as well he defends he has that tenacity he attacks well he crosses superbly as we saw at the weekend there actually isn't really anything that Robertson can't do from the le- in that left back sphere which you can't really say about Marcelo because he's about half a left back and half something else Pretty much every other team that Marcelo played for, he'd have played on the wing. Because they'd have been like, yeah, he can't defend, but he's really good at attacking. We'll play him as a winger. It's only at Real Madrid you really get away with that stuff. I, I want to ask you something, because obviously you're saying that he's going to Juventus. If he does, what happens to Alexandro, who's, you know, probably not quite in this top bracket, but probably in the conversation? Well, he's been talking about leaving for a while anyway. Where's he, he off to? Has he? Yeah, there's been loads of... There was a, he got close. Man United were looking at him, weren't they, under Jose Mourinho? And that deal actually got quite far down the line until it all fell apart. Um, so Alexandro will move in on to other things because there's, there's just going to be no room for him. Still in got, football? He'll still stay in football, yeah, but he's going <laughs> to be like, lifestyle. oh my God, Juventus have just signed the best left back in the world. I've got to leave. He wouldn't say that. Yeah, he probably <laughs> wouldn't. He, he probably, <laughs> he's a compatriot. He'll be like, what are, they doing? what are they doing signing Brazil's second best left back <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm the first one? Can I do an honourable mention? Yeah, of course. Tagliafico. Yeah, lovely player. Nah. Lovely player. Obviously, he's not the best defender left back in the world right oh, now, yeah. but... Mid twenties, making his name at Ajax, gonna get a transfer in the summer. I, 
I, he can defend, by the way. He can defend better than Marcelo can. He can. And he can also get forward. And I think that um, he's been overshadowed as well because other people have been talking about other players in that Ajax team. Yeah. But he's if you very, watch them enough... Good footballer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to put two, two honourable mentions. No, I want to go back to this. How old is Talia Fico? 26. At this, he's 26. He's so, he's so surprisingly old <laughs> because he made the move over to Europe so, so late. I think Taliafico is as good as he gets. Yeah, maybe. And I don't think he's good enough to play for a top European side. Okay, all right. Here are two people that are going to be good enough to play for top European sides. They both play in Portugal. Uh, one at Benfica, obviously, came across from Barcelona when he was very young, Alex Grimaldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Porto's Alex Tejas. Yeah. Uh, two wonderful left backs, Sam. Uh, and going into the, to the prime of their careers now. Yeah, Grimaldo's really good. I could see I could see the future for him. Tellez, I don't know, man. Best dead ball specialist. Bit of a set piece merchant for me at the top level. <laughs> Best dead ball in Europe though. <laughs> He's got an amazing corner, an amazing free kick, and he plays a little bit like I know when Lucas Dean used to play for PSG and Danny Alves used to play and they used to run they used to push all the way up and play almost as a winger right on the outside. He does that very well. Uh, but I do think that Tellez's inf- reputation is inflated by his set piece majesty, and I'm not sure that he will. I'm not sure that he'll, he'll achieve the career that Grimaldo does. I think okay. Grimaldo is one of the genuine future great left backs. I've got some breaking news just before we end this segment. I've just typed into Google best left backs, and I hadn't done this before. You know, we're trying and to, suddenly, we're trying to give off an, an aura of, of expertise. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what Google's answer is. What comes up in order when you type in best left backs? Marcelo comes up first, Jordi Alba second, and then you've got Alaba, Benjamin Mendy, Marcus Alonso. The fact that Marcus Alonso is in this conversation. You should have stopped at four. Alexandro, <laughs> Felipe Luis, Luke Shaw, then Andrew Robertson, then Danny Rose. Yeah, so that, Google so we, solved we, it. Marcelo ranking in uh, one. So Google has got that wrong. So therefore you can agree with Google that you're wrong on that one. Right. Well, thank you very much for listening to me and Sam. Less for listening to <laughs> Dean. Um, it's, been, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, we will be back after the break with Marlon Harewood to talk about his luxury lifestyle brand and the things that Premier League footballers need to make themselves feel comfortable in their lifestyle. Welcome back, Rank Squad. And we are joined by a very special guest. 137 Premier League appearances with West Ham, Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest and Blackpool in a career that boasted 144 goals in 571 games. One of the most exciting players that I remember watching growing up and now in command of AC13, the UK's foremost Premier lifestyle brand. It's Mr. Marlon Hellwood. Are you right? Yeah, not too bad. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Good. Good. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Uh, and today, kind of what we wanted to, to touch into is, is to get into your expertise and talk about the footballers' lifestyle uh, and the kind of the brands that come with that and the, the kind of you know, world that, that that is part of. And obviously you are a massive part of now. So uh, you're going to walk us through some of the things that footballers need to, oh, okay. to, be, part of, you know, to be part of that world and part of that lifestyle. Yeah. And, and we'll see where we go from there. So okay. we'll uh, throw it to you and see where we go. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? Sam, you going to start us off? I mean, surely, for starters, people dress better than Sam is dressed today. So where would you, let's start with some pointers. Where would you tell Sam, what does he need to change about his swag? That's not where we're starting. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where we're starting. Do you get we? hammered all the time? Or do they start on you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's sitting next to you, because yeah. you're bigger than us. I've got, got Marlon to sit next to me today, so that he can sort you guys out. Yeah, to be fair, me and Jack are keeping our distance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think three probably, you know, we're going to 
work through three different things, but we can start with, with clothes. I think clothes are a good starting point and, and kind of see where we go from there. But that's very much part of the lifestyle and the fabric now. Yeah, definitely. It definitely. So obviously players do want to look good, feel good when they're going into training and when they're about. It obviously it's a sort of a lifestyle when you're being a professional footballer. You have to such a, a level to maintain and, and obviously the money's involved with what you get nowadays and they can afford to look good all the time. And I would say clothes is about number three on the on the list I would say in terms of you know you you've been in that environment and, and going into those training grounds and, and all those things how important is that in, in just going in and feeling yourself and feeling like you're part of you know a wider community but also like you're like oh this is me this is my look this is yeah, my yeah I, I suppose it's, just, it's in any job really that you go in um, if you're a solicitor or whatever you are you still have to look look the part look good and feel good when you're going into a job um, so it's pretty much the same but with football obviously the confidence that you have you, you need that day in day out out. So if you're feeling good, that confidence just flies through you when you're training and when you're walking onto that pitch. So. Do you notice it among people that are coming to you? Do you, do you tell when, when they're turning up, like the the names that they're wearing, the brands that they're wearing? Yeah, you could tell. It just comes, well, it depends on the person, really. Everyone's individual and they whatever they like to do and what they would like to wear. But when you're in that, in that territory, I think you sort of maintain a sort of level and you're buying them sort of clothes and you're going around looking the part and feel good. So Sometimes I do feel, though, that people are are not quite nailing it because some sometimes <laughs> some people, I look at people and they're wearing like a Gucci tracksuit or something. It's like it doesn't look great on you. You're yeah, just so wearing true, it. so true. But just because you, you're wearing it just because it's Gucci. But yeah. yeah, that is what happens. And we're seeing me. certain brands, aren't we? Come to the fore. Like over the last couple of years, you, you do see like like off white D squared and things like yeah, that. Like, really like certain brands seem to be leaping to the fore here, and a lot of footballers are gravitating towards them. Whether or not they look any yeah, good in it's them, suits, yeah. is that, it's just is that a trend, fair? isn't it? It's a, it's a trend. It's a lifestyle that they have, and it's fashion. So whatever's in pe- the, the high net worth people or play, football players, they want to be in that fashion eye line. So they wear what is there because I'm not into the the big bulky shoes. And yeah. I'm not not a fan, but they seem to wear them because it's yeah. a fashion thing. Has in that, that changed? Go on, go. Has that changed in in the kind of you know the the scope that you've been around? And, and obviously, when when I was younger, I don't remember this being so much a thing maybe that's just because it wasn't so publicized and yeah. all those things but has the kind of way that people dress and the way that people want to look as footballers changed across the years i mean not and i'm not just uh, saying in terms yeah, of the fashion change good, good good question i think it has really just just lifestyle and the money that's involved nowadays it's it's more of a how can i obviously a fashion statement everyone wants to look good and it's like it's like um uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? Like, you know, when you're going into training, when you're going out, they want to look, make a statement, and, and that and that is in the fashion, and like you said, the off-white. So everyone's going to be wearing off-white to say like, I um, can wear this, and it's obviously mm. the price of it, and the money that the lads get nowadays is is part and parcel of that. There is a fairly famous or maybe infamous picture of the Manchester United squad strolling down the street, and we're talking Paul Scholes, John O'Shea in some of the, the widest looking trousers I've ever seen. <laughs> it really does seem to have changed or the onus is now on it because you look at that top, those are, those are series as a top tier squad, yeah. a series of top tier players. And I, Rio Ferdinand was involved as well and they all looked, I take, I take that the, the, the season changes in that, but they 
didn't seem to be putting in as much effort back then as they do no, right now. I remember that picture. I think, was it on Rio's or Wayne Rooney's? Wayne yeah, Rooney's, yeah, I think. Yeah, Rooney's yeah, involved yeah, as well. The, the, the trousers that they had. Yeah. yeah, so it has changed massively in fashion. <laughs> that, well, there's that classic picture of, of Leo Messi, isn't there, at the first Ballon d'Or that he that he was nominated for, and he's just there in like a short sleeve shirt. Yeah. And, and now those ceremonies are suited so... And booted. You know, suited and booted. glittering kind of... I don't think it came natural to him, though, did it? No, it, it didn't. It didn't come natural but to him. That's something like that's interesting, football. isn't it? Do, do some players obviously some players take to that like ducks to water and some players are just not really that bothered and, and I yeah. suppose shaped by other kind of forces in, in the surround and you know you see Leo Messi now and he'll, he'll wear a suit but he's still not out there in you know bright bright uh, white uh, and, and, and white it's just like I said it's the personality of the person um, him and Ronaldo they're, they're top class players and classy players and they, they look after themselves well and they dress well so and you can tell the difference between the two Messi's came later though, didn't it? He, I, I describe it as Messi's emo phase, emo like his phase. tattoo. Yeah, he got, <laughs> he, got, he blocked out one entire leg with with black ink. Had a had a big shoulder tattoo. Went bleach blonde. Grew a beard out. I think he was just acting out from his parents. That's yeah. what it felt like to me. And it, it came at about age twenty seven. Maybe just realised how good he was and he could do whatever Every he likes. <laughs> yeah, I agree yeah. with that one. Yeah. Who are some yeah. of the, the the best dressed guys that that you've come across or seen, or like some of the top level footballers who really nail it? Have you got anyone in particular? Oh, Jesus, oh, that's a good question. That is. Uh, um, GB always used to stick in my mind. Gareth Barry, I presume, right? Yeah, yeah, for me, um, was one of them. That's not someone that would jump out on you, would it? That's not someone you'd go. Uh, you know, I would have if you'd asked me as a, a fan. Player, you know, as a fan, that like, just yeah, someone no, like. But, but that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, um, going back, people were like, I know Colin Cooper, very old school. I, who I grew up with, made my debut with Nottingham Forest. He was very smart, casual. Looked apart every day, day in, day out, and people like that stick in my mind. To me. So when you're young and you go in and you see someone like that with a bit of authority, looks the part, mm. is there then pressure on you thinking when you're going to training and stuff or turning up at an event with the lads? Are you, is there a bit of pressure even back it, then? And that's a really good question, you know, when you're going because obviously you're you're your own person, yeah. you're an individual, and how you want to dress and how you want to feel. But sometimes when you look at him, you think, oh yeah, I, I've, I've got to. I, I need to do a bit of that. Yeah, I need to look smart. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, right? no, I just. I just feel like sometimes that the players must be turning up to, in stuff that they don't really want to be wearing but they think oh, well a lot of the other lads wear are wearing because, this stuff yeah, so you don't uh, get hammered exactly <laughs> yeah, that, because yeah. that must happen a lot I mean a lot you go back through loads years. of lads yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was emphatic yeah. a lot a lot Tell you, us, you were the one doing the like hammering I said, you? individual lads come in with clothes and they usually get either hanged up or thrown in the bath cut up yeah cut up or anything like that so they usually go home in training gear <laughs> have you ever cut anyone's clothes up I haven't done it per se but I'll just I laugh when it happens so it's quite it's quite funny but that's kind of the whole training uh, the training ground stuff, the changing room stuff. Like, I mean, walk us through a couple of the best training grounds and, and, and changing rooms that you were part of and, and any sort of groups of lads that stand out for you, especially in terms of yeah, that kind uh, of banter, uh, that yeah, kind of laughter. I love it. West Ham, the four years I was there, the, the banter in that dressing room was just unbelievable. You, you have to have a strong character or you would have folded because just the, the banter was flying through. Everyone got it, even if you was senior or non-senior or just like, angry or bossy or whatever you was you, you'd get it and it's just good flow and the, the lads there were fantastic to be fair every single one who was in that squad then are we talking oh god it's talking loads uh, Bobby Zamora Dean Ashton James Collins Anton Ferdinand Nigeria Coca um, Joby McAnoff Roy Carroll was um, Pards the manager Pards was the manager well, he, I, guess, I reckon yeah. he sets the tone doesn't he someone like he did. Pards Jimmy Walker yeah. Rufus Brevet they're all characters yeah. loads That's a Lee Bowyer yeah. Matty Everton Yossi Benio, 
going to go on, Jesus. I get yeah, the impression Alan Pardew really encouraged all of it as well. Like, as to be fair, he did. Yeah. He did. That got us going, really, as a team. We did really well. Um, I think he, he believed if they got, got the team all together, then we could take on whoever comes in. He gets a lot of stick, Pardew, for, the, for his personality. I, know, I don't know why, because he's probably... Uh, everyone asks me who's your best manager. I say Alan Pardew, um, best team, West Ham. Just the time I had there, and obviously being in the Premier League, you want to play at the highest level, and, and I did that at West Ham, scored quite a few goals, and got us to a FA Cup final, and scoring a goal in the semi-final. It's just little things like that, Just and Pardew was part of that, so... Mm. I can't thank him enough because I've had a very good career when I was there and playing in Premier League against top players. I was going to ask about that cup run because, you know, there there are those kind of create teams that sort of just seem to, to yeah. bond together and, and go on these kind of cup runs and you know the kind of Wimbledon in the in the late eighties kind yeah. of spring to mind and that West Ham group seemed a bit like that. Just a, a group of like really good friends that got on really well together and fought fought tooth and nail and, and managed to get to a cup final. Yeah, just that uh, it was like a MK Don's team that um we we bonded and when we went out there and you know like a, a cup run you get all everyone gets excited, the club gets excited and the lads just wanted to do well and we did and we went on a, a really good run obviously got to the final and it's probably one of the best finals I've seen Absolutely, well, yeah. being part of and seen to this day to be fair mm. right let, let's shift this one on so what have, what have you got at number two in this kind of list number two I, I'd say it's jewellery I'll say like watches and chains and rings and stuff because me personally going for me I, I, had a, I liked a collection um, of having a collection of watches and obviously you can have one extreme to another uh, whatever you wanted to buy um, so I'd say watches is, is my number two what, yeah. kind of, what, what kind of difference is there? I mean, I suppose it goes back to the same kind of thing, but are people looking at you going, oh, nice watch? Yeah. I might want one of they those. They do, because yeah, yeah. you, you, can, you can see... Let's have a look. Let's have a look. This is my work watch. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. all my messages come through. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it's a watch. Like you said, like people, when you're going around, it's nice to have a nice little bit of bling or, or yet again, the personality that you are, whatever watch you fancy to wear on that, on that day. Is it again something in the, in the dressing room that's, that's spoken about? I mean, back in your day when you were playing, as, as well as now, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, probably worse now because the amount of money that's involved in football now. But back in the day, it was like having a nice watch. Is, is do they show? Nice. Does, do people literally show off their watches, or do they wait for people to notice it and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah"? <laughs> yeah being honest, I bet they they wanted to show off. Like, yeah. <laughs> no point, who, who wouldn't? Like, it's just <laughs> not a normal thing to do. Obviously footballers get scrutinised because you're in the public eye all the time but it's just a normal person would do the exact same thing um, so yeah some some lads are really discreet because it's just nice and you get the classy lads that, that likes an actual watch and likes the, the meaning of it and what it represents and stuff and then you've got the other the other side that's uh, who's bit oh I've got this one how much do you reckon we're talking for, for a modern player how much do you reckon some players are willing to go and spend on a watch it's hard. I can't really say that but there, there is an extortionate amount it's got, we're talking thousands here aren't we yeah like of course ten, it's, it's like anything it's, it's yeah. a, you can have one extreme to another for all sorts of different things so. yeah. to the average fan that I'm, I'm trying to put it into perspective for mm. people and like yeah. this is a completely different world from, from where your normal man's living and you know, for a player to go and spend ten grand on a watch isn't unknown at all, is That's it? It's the exact same as a businessman, a yeah. wealthy businessman. Yeah, if absolutely. he wanted to spend the exact same amount, he can spend it to how much he wants to whatever he wants to think. Obviously, footballers get scrutinised, which I don't know why, but it's just a normal thing. Profile yeah, thing, yeah, profile thing. And Instagram as well has probably played a massive part in all this. Yeah, it's massive. Instagram nowadays, social media is massive, but at the end of the day, he's still a normal person and in a wage and enjoying his football. And if you've got a talent, why not? 
Well, yeah, exactly. If you're if you're being given, you know, you take what you get for whatever you do. Like, yeah, and, and I'm always I'm always intrigued by this because play, people are always like, oh, they get paid too much, and then you're thinking about things. And you're like, I would take whatever I'm offered. To, <laughs> I'd take the top mo- the top wants. amount I'm offered to do the things that I'm good at, yeah. right? And, and so yeah. therefore, it always strikes me as, as weird that people are like, oh, they this is what they. And then, then you know, if you have that money, then why not spend it on things you enjoy? It's a, a strange kind of. Concept. It is interesting, really, because like I'll share at you. So if you was in that situation, yeah. how would you be? Yeah, being absolutely. honest, like, yeah, so what would you buy? Would you buy a normal watch or if you can afford an expensive one, would you buy an expensive yeah, of one? Would. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I think the, th- the thing that I find um, interesting is I would be terrified of losing it or it being nicked. Yeah, <laughs> that, it's that understandable. Honestly, well, that's what insurance is for. But yeah, they're totally. But I think that's the other thing on the side of it is like, where would I wear this watch? But of course, once you're mixing in these other circles, you're going to completely different places, restaurants, events. Yeah to anyone would normally. So you've got yeah. to kind of be part of that crowd to fit in and feel like you belong there because I reckon from when I've spoken to footballers and people involved in these fields before, it's a confidence that you have off the pitch and you take it on the pitch. We yeah. spoke to Paul Pogba's barber on the podcast and he was talking about the stick that Pogba gets for his hairstyles. Yeah. And he says Pogba feels... The better he looks, the better he feels on the pitch. And I'm guessing okay. it's a similar sort of thing. Yeah, it's everybody, really, in any job. Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about football, but mm. it, obviously they get scrutinised. But you, you feel good wherever you go because you look kind of sharp. You, not so much you, but... You're going to feel right in you, <laughs> But it's, it's an end job. You feel good when you go and get your hair cut, you feel fresh, and exactly the same with pubs. Absolutely. Well, let's move you on to your area of expertise, which I imagine is going... Going to be number one in this list, mate. Yeah, definitely car. It's definitely got to be a car. Um, for me, it's a car. Um, that in that order. Um, anyone else might be different, but it definitely was a car. When you're going from to and from training, going home, driving around, it's definitely having a nice car is is one of the. One of what are we branding as a nice car then at the moment? What are the what are the go to vehicles you're seeing? Um, Mercedes at the moment because they do very good deals for for footballers um, which and the Mercedes nowadays are really nice to back then because they used to be used to call them sort of granddad cars don't you yeah, yeah, yeah. but now they've really they've changed it whole whole turn of cars now they look really good sporty and uh, loads of footballers are driving them was that something that you know from kind of day one for you always stood out as, as cars you know and being interested in that is, is it something that as soon as kind of it, it became a thing you were like I, I want a car I want a nice car yeah, and definitely. then I start from you there. grow up don't you like trying to pass your t- driving test when you get to eight, uh, 17 what was your first car Punto Punto yeah so it's just like yeah, when you Punto. in the Great youth car. team and you just like want to pass your test being a young lad so it's definitely a car first one and you just how how are you progressing life is how your car progresses so, mm. so what, what colour was the Punto was it yellow black Oh. You wanted them to have an in-betweeners car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had three Puntos, to be fair. Did you? Yeah, I had a, a blue one and a silver. They just served you well for a while? Very well. Very good well. Car. What, what do you drive now? I what, drive an A5. Nice. Audi A5, my road car. That's mm. a, um, and I suppose, like, you know, this is the this is your kind of your area. What's the what does the company do, and what's the what's the kind of thing that you've made a you know your unique selling point in in the summer guts? It's just um, advising and helping lads because um, I went through a bad experience. That's how the company uh, come about, um, and then I just said to my business partner um, Andy Cole, who I met when I was not in the forest, and we've been together ever since because the company's been going ten years now. Um, we just said we're going to help lads and. Um, when they're looking to buy a new car to make it as easy as possible for them so they don't lose a lot of money when they're coming out. Like you said, obviously, lifestyle, they get bored and they 
tied into long deals and then they want to get out of it after a year and then they have to pay the price where we try and advise them not to do that. I imagine footballers are quite an easy target or were before you guys came yeah, around. See, because that's the word you're not, it, I wouldn't say easy target. No, but people are looking to take advantage of them because they know they have money. Yeah, definitely. So like you're helping them out and, and stopping that from happening. Yeah, massively. That's what we try to do. But obviously, an easy target is the lads should know as well. So it goes both ways, I think. It's about education, isn't it? I mean, we, see it, we hear about this a lot in football right now, from social media to managing money and all the rest of it. And I guess purchasing big things like that is a significant amount of their, of their money. That, that's an important thing going forward for any young footballer is the education yeah. off the field. It's massive because I'm trying to educate them for life after football as well because you, when you're in the bubble, you don't realise until it actually comes to an end. Then they think, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. So it's like I'm trying to educate them with, with the cars to, instead of spending a whole heap of money on a car, which I want them to do and I don't want them to do, but doing it the right way. So that at the end, when they come to the end, they've still got enough money to look after themselves for the rest of their lives. Totally. I'm guessing they're, they're souped up, these cars. Are they not, they're not just the ones that you go, everyone else goes and buys? No, no, pool. yeah, we could do a lot to a cars at the moment, um, which is good to, to of their individual, what they want to do and what they want to achieve out of them. So, What kind of customizations are we talking about? Yeah, I was going to say, are there any standout, any big standout? We'll do ones? a lot of wraps at the moment, wrapping cars, different, so make them different colours. So we could change colour of the wheels, brakes, the whole interior. We can change majority anything you want to change to, to the car that you wanted to... Can I, can I get a PS4 in and a TV in the back? Yeah, we could do that. Can I get a Mercedes 7 c uh, tinted windows? Sorry, I'm, it's, sorry, he's I'm actually la- placing yeah. an order. I've <laughs> lapsed, <laughs> sorry, I've, I've we can la- talk I've after if you want. I've lapsed into a quote, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Must have had a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, PlayStation 4 and the TV in the back is like, is a, I think that's the one thing I'd be like, if, yeah, I've got, really if, I've nice. got, if I've got, I don't own a car at the moment, so that's the level I'm at. But if, so first I'll get a car. And you then need a we'll, punto before yeah. you get to any of these. Then we'll talk cost But PS4 and TV in the back would be the one that I'd be thinking, that's, that's what I want. Yeah, we could that's do that because we do them the Mercedes V-classes now and they've got all that in the back that we do for all the lads. I was going to say, is there anyone that has that kind of, or not necessarily to name, but like, have you done things that are like people having sort of on the road moving bedrooms almost? You know, they, they come into these things and they're like, right, I'm going to just, I'm, this is my space. Yeah. I'm being driven and this is my kind of I can relax kick back maybe if I need to you know go on an overnight journey or something I'm not losing kind of sleep over it we have we have done quite a few of them but not to the extent of having beds and stuff because obviously we get in trouble because you can't with regulations legal, and yeah. stuff but we have done um, vehicles that we've put stuff in the back that they feel luxurious and they're that the journeys is more comfortable as possible for them. How luxurious does it look, Marlon? I mean, I'm guessing probably better than like an average living room. Like the the, the, the amount of they are nice quality they that goes really, into these. Yeah, yeah, they are really nice, really nice. I, I wish I had one in my day to be <laughs> driving back and forth from training because definitely would have been longer, longer in longer in playing football because it makes you calm and collected, not driving, panicking if you're going. Sometimes lads live like two, three hours away because they didn't want to move, staying. And obviously, these V classes are perfect for them to travel and forth. Do they drive themselves or do, do a lot of chauffeurs and stuff these days? Like, like, that's another thing because I would drive myself but yeah. I'll say the, the high, when high net worth lads now they'll probably get drivers and stuff so it's quite... Is that just because you like cars and you like driving? Like, as yeah, just, to... I think that's just because of a, a, a senior seen a person I don't really not not flashy I don't want to use the word flashy it's just like I I don't mind I'm not really bothered I'll drive my oh, my kids around if I was um, in that vehicle yeah totally fair enough just a different generation hmm? yeah completely absolutely well thank you so much for those insights and those stories no, uh, stick with us because coming up next are our classic closers Bleacher Roulette and Sam's Nonsense Rankings we'll be right back 
Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. Time for Bleacher Roulette. Marlon, this is our, our special wheel. Uh, we're going to spin it. And from there, we're going to get a load of questions. So I'm going to get Sam to spin it for you for the first one. And then we'll see where we land. <laughs> <laughs> Whose career would you rather have? Casillas or Buffon? Okay. This has got Jack written all over it. I actually didn't, didn't write this question. Although I know, the all is, these questions. The answer is simple. <laughs> The answer is easy. The answer is Cassius. Yeah? What? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I don't no, know if I can. I don't know. The greatest goalkeeper of general, maybe ever, actually. I'm going to put it out there. This is why we do the roulette. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. A proper... <laughs> that was three against one, see? That's fine. A proper, like, hero, uh, but a gentleman, as opposed to Gigi Buffon trying to headbutt referees. Proper, nice geezer. The man who came out after Mourinho. It's amazing, isn't it? Football's amazing with opinions, yeah. isn't they? The guy who came out after Mourinho split the Spanish squad and was like, I'm not having this anymore. I'm, I'm going to say sorry to all the Barcelona. Barcelona players, the man who healed the divide in the Spain squad. I, honestly, I love Casillas. Wow. Absolutely, there you go. Uh, Jesus, but if you to pick one, I mean, I'm going Buffon all day long. Straight away yeah. on the list. Yeah, if it came up, I'll be putting him straight on the What's list. What's Buffon one that Casillas hasn't? It's not about just what is one. It's just about his career. Is him as a person, yeah. everything. Like you should put that to, to debate. That's a good question. Yeah, to do be fair. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Sam? I'm, I'm with Jack. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go Casillas, yeah. <laughs> Why? The, 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 the trophies and the medals um, and the gentlemanly nature. Jack, Jack summed it up perfectly. Like, he did. I'm he not did. Saying, he I'm sold not, it. I'm not saying he convinced me, but I can't argue. I think he it. did. I can't argue. Yeah, I think he did. I've done well here. He answered the question <laughs> for you. I mean, you. obviously, the fact that Buffon never got his hands on the Champions League and at this stage isn't going to do that is, is a blot on his career. Mm. But... I still think like I'm having Buffon massively. I am. Do you think we've made too much what? of the fact that Buffon hasn't won the Champions League? Do you I think do, it's yeah, been overblown? Because, like, how many strikers are there that are still considered great and haven't won haven't the won Champions, Champions League? League. Yeah, like, yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. But just because it's a one-off position that um, there's only so many individuals that you can judge, like you're judging football clubs not mm. not winning Champions Leagues. I think that that becomes too much of an issue. Obviously, he has had the opportunity to win Champions League, so you can scrutinise it a little bit more. Yeah. But I think it's a bit more of a a sad story than anything that he hasn't got his hands on the Champions League so it's a bit harsh to judge him on that because he's done everything he possibly could have yeah. to get there and he's still well, playing yeah, like, he's and he's absolutely still top class oh you two I love this selling it massively <laughs> good anyway it's a draw we'll have to put it to the vote on Twitter yeah, yeah. We'll, put it, we'll put that one out we'll see who shall, shall I spin for me go on yeah, you spin. how old were you when you realised <laughs> this doesn't apply to Marlon either <laughs> But you could sit in on this one. Uh, how how old were you when you realised you would never make it as a pro? What? Footballer. Well, I haven't really. I'm, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jack's, Jack's going to be like 40 years old one day and be like, I can still do this. I like the faith. I like the faith. For me, it was probably much earlier... Uh, much earlier than most people or I gave up much earlier than most people I was actually quite decent um, not that what Dean and Jack on, say on this podcast would ever make you believe mm. but I do I do remember having a trial with Reading uh, yeah. at around, oh uh, mate one of these sob stories about a trial yeah. <laughs> I bet you hurt his knee as well uh, no no no, no. I, was, I was actually fine uh, not amazing not, not rubbish I was, I was, say, was, I was really good I was fine um, but I also good. understood from a very early age they basically, my, my parents really like, told me how much travelling and how much time I would have to put into it I'd have to go after school two nights a week to go to the academy. And I could see some of my classmates. One got picked up by Southampton, one went to Chelsea, one went to Arsenal. And I knew from them just how much time they were spending playing. I just couldn't be asked. 
So it, mate, so you are not great, not a footballer because you couldn't be. Yeah, no, that's, that is actually the only reason I'm not a pro. <laughs> um, so about age seven, I, 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 I basically ba- I balanced it up. I thought that's not really worth the time. Yeah. I, and to be honest, those guys that got picked up by Chelsea and by Arsenal by Southampton, one made it to uh, about the fifth or sixth tier of English football and the other two didn't make it. And they put in way more than I was ever willing to do. Mm. So I think the decision's been vindicated. Can I flip the question? Marlon, what what age were you kind of when you realised you thought you you made your first kind of moment, you were like, I am going to make this, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to get there. question. Probably about 16, 15, 16. As late as that? Yeah, because I I was 13 when I joined Nottingham first. I was going to say. And then went through the ranks and then... When you start getting to 15, 16, and that's where your schoolboys. Yeah, see, I was the opposite of that. I was at, I joined Fulham when I was thirteen, and when I was fifteen, I remember playing. And I actually remember going out for dinner one day. And my, my my dad was like, "What are you going to do when you finish school?" Mm. I was like, "I'm going to be a footballer." He's like. You're absolutely not going to be a footballer. Oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, "Cheers, I, Dad!" I, I remember that. I will never forget this dinner because it wound me up so much. I mean, he was he was like, "You are a good player, but if you make it as a non-league footballer, then you've yeah. done really well. Like, you're not going to play oh, wow. like as a professional footballer." And obviously, it got I got more and more wound up. I don't think I spoke to him for about a week afterwards. But then I was released from Fulham, did play a bit in non-league, and at that point. Yeah, good question. Didn't you know. fancy I've never really it. heard that before. Um, you asked, like a, a pro or an ex-pro, when did you think you would make it? Yeah, yeah. When do you think Cristiano Ronaldo figured he'd make it? Probably as soon as he was born. Age two. Learned to walk and thought this, yeah, this is straight away. Well, I suppose it comes back to the whole thing. Like you know, we, we've talked about players like Jamie Vardy, who you know worked their way up, you know, got released yeah, and then worked their way back up the the kind of pyramid. And it, it does go to show that you know, do some people do just like, you know they get released and they give up, and, and then that's that. Someone like Andy Robertson, for example, mm. who you know we talked about earlier, but who was released from Celtic and and then spent loads, you know, up to two years ago was just sort of kicking around in this in the Scottish second division and we're yeah. like what's going on here and then suddenly he's you know one of the best left backs in the world it does go to show that you know Calm it, down. it's not all <laughs> it's not all uh, it's not all kind of done and dusted at such a young age but it does feel like that often it right? does it does yeah. Let's move are on. you sticking with the um, I can still make it Jack um, I was I was just always really quite small um, um, and while that isn't necessarily so much of a hindrance now, I, I think it was going up. I was like quite technically okay, but mm. I just was really, really little. Um, mm. I didn't have a growth spurt until I was like sixteen, basically. Um, so I was really, really small. You had a growth spurt at sixteen. So you gave oh, up. How tall were you when you were fifteen? Oh mate, I was really small. I was like really, really short. Um, <laughs> we're talking like three foot eight. Yeah, no, no. Honestly, it was, it was, I was like the smallest person at school. I mean, I was the smallest short, person but... in the year and the year below me at school <laughs> until I was fifteen. So I thought yeah. you were a mascot. <laughs> yeah, they honestly did. I played for Brentford for a year or so, and um, yeah, they were like, mate, just, you shouldn't be in the under sevens. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> I was the only way I was getting by playing the year groups underneath. You know, you were doing well when your year groups above you, but yeah. I was actually year groups below because they were like, you can't play in that year. You're too little. So yeah, that was um, it. Was young. Who wins? A team with perfect technique who aren't allowed to run. Or a team of supreme athletes, but they can't kick the ball straight. Um, They're not allowed to. They could walk. Well, they can walk. Question, Jack. Yeah. You've got to answer first. Yeah, I think the team with technical ability win this game. You know, it's one. It's one thing being able to run around a lot, and I do appreciate that. You know, pressure and, and intensity does help. But okay, don't get tired. I, I think that the technical team win. You're not going to score a goal if you haven't got any technique. Mm. 
Can't kick a ball straight. Yeah, how are you going to aim for the corner flag? Well, yeah. yeah, that's it. If you goes aim, in. if you aim, aim again, the wrong goes in. We've got a couple of lads in the office who can't kick a ball straight, and every now and then at five a side, one goes into the other corner because the keeper has absolutely no idea where it's going. Yeah. So and um, they were, and they no names, aim, but and they were aiming for the other corner as absolutely. well. What's your record, Marlon? It's interesting. You going for technical? I'm going for technical ability. Ooh, it's a bit. You must have seen some players who. Obviously, are r- really, really good athletes, but not as good technically. Yeah, and then the flip side of that, yeah, definitely. And but the the fitness does kick in to f- the game now because you've got players that are playing up to 90, 90 minutes, ninety five, and they're still like running, and they're intensity. being monitored as well, so they can't even turn off. High intensity, <laughs> so mm, it's a bit of. I'm going to go with the fitness one. Oh yeah, fitness. yeah. Sam, I'm going to go the, the walk-in lads. Absolutely, they put on an absolute clinic. Um, and, they, and they move the ball about and tire the other team out so much that the quality tells and they win. Mm. My dad actually started playing walking football yesterday. Did he? And, and he was did he enjoy it? Uh, he did enjoy it, yeah. He was talking about um, his technique and he reckons he's been spotted by Chelsea's walking <laughs> football team already. So um, it, we'll soon find out about the athleticism versus technique, technique thing yeah, when yeah. I go and watch him down at, uh, down at his walking football. Also, it just goes to show, I, have to say, I haven't given up yet, nor has Dean's dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's turning 60 and he's making a comeback after 32 years. Good man, good man. <laughs> right, get rid of that beer belly, isn't it? I'm going to spin for you. Whose issues have cost their team more? Rabio at PSG or Icardi at Inter Milan? Great question, this. Great question. We got this on, uh, on an Instagram. Add some context to it. Rabio is on the verge of being, seemingly on the verge of being fired, according yeah, to reports. Doesn't play he just doesn't, just doesn't turn up or doesn't want to play for PSG. Not in favour with the manager. Contracts up at the end of the season. They're basically just going to call it a day. Um, Mauro Icardi, we don't know what's going on with Mauro Icardi. One thing we do know with Icardi is that his missus is his voice piece and she's not helping matters, is she? No. Um, I don't think so, no. no. <laughs> so I think um, whose issues have cost their team more? I'm going to say Icardi. Mm. At Inter. Yeah, at Inter, because Inter really, really need Icardi in top form. Mm. And um, his wife is um, making decisions making for him, it, it seems, yeah. and making things much if worse. If she is. It seems, yeah. She you know, shouldn't be. If she shouldn't be. No disrespect to her. If he is his anyone. agent, though. She is his agent. Yeah. But even if she is his agent... Like, she is his agent. He, is his agent. he should man up and do his own thing and he needs to. He, he to needs to decide. Like, if he is wants to be this Inter Milan great centre forward and really help the team at a time when they, they've they needed it at times yeah. recently as well. He needs to make a decision. He needs to make a decision, not, not, exactly that. And he's so important. He's such a good player. Yeah, he is. I understand that she, she's his agent or whatever she is, but he still needs to make a decision. And he's not just playing for no Joe Bloggs team. He's playing for yeah. a massive team. That's. I can't imagine what it's like at home with those two. And he's like, I really want to play. She's like, nope, no. we're sticking to our morals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we you know who has a trust in that relationship. <laughs> exactly. We we really have no idea what is going on there. No. But what we what we can say is that in the time that he has been out, Inter have basically lost two of their last four league games, and they've been knocked out of the Europa League, which is their only legitimate shot at, at silverware, I think, this season. So if that's was. not if that's not was yeah, if that's not damaging to the team, I really don't know what is. He is the captain, the talisman, the star striker. He's one of the best strikers in the world. And he's not playing for them, and they are feeling it. So, as good as Rabio is, is there any news on him? Does he know? Is any teams coming in? For a lot of teams are in for him, yeah. But um, I think it upset? sounds like he wants to stay at Inter. Like it's it, just not allowed it, to. It does sound the noises like, he's making. It does sound like they think it, <laughs> he's going to stay at Inter, but it's like, 
We'll play for Inter then. <laughs> it's all play. very strange, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, I would put a, a little shout in for Rabio. You know, my, you know, PSG with Rabio in the side are a better unit, and I think probably would be further along in the in the Champions League. No disrespect to Man United. Um, was he in charge of VAR or something? Well, I just think that with him in the in the side, yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> I think with him in the side, they just control that game far better, and and you get the you know odd better killer pass. You control possession better. You tire United out more, and I think that they probably go through. And and so given that PSG are so hell bent on winning the Champions League, are so like obsessed with winning the Champions League, maybe that in the kind of grander scheme of things is more of a you know. Yeah, I think they can replace issue. him, though. I don't think. Oh, I agree. I agree. No, but Jack's saying that ship on this season has sailed. Yeah, Although, I, to, to be honest, I, I, honestly, like that United win, um, one in a hundred, com- like utter fluke. I think honestly, brilliant. And that, and that, United, and, and, and that's, later them. yeah, brilliant. Oh, but that's what but it's very, very fortunate. And Rabiot or not, that was that that weird thing happened that night. And oh, now I'm not having oh. it, Jack. Sorry, Marlon. Before we move on, is there any games you were a part of that you can remember where you got absolutely hammered and you won, or you got or you absolutely hammered someone and lost? Uh, that kind of stick out because you know th- those games. Yeah, like the, <laughs> <laughs> All the second, I imagine. Fans only remember when you yeah, no, where play well and lose. Don't yeah, they? yeah. Well, I, I'm one of them people. Like if we if we're doing really well and we're losing, then you get fuming but if we're not performing and winning games then no one's really bothered because when you go home everyone's worrying about that three points at the end of the day totally fair enough right Sam do you want to close us off with your nonsense rankings this week have mm. you, what have you got in the we haven't even so, warned Marlon so, about we haven't warned Marlon, Marlon oh, at the end of every episode warn me it's in my contract <laughs> <laughs> at the end of every episode Sam takes uh, a random topic and ranks things about it so last week for example he ranked Trent Alexander-Arnold's names which yep. th- of the three names, which ones were his favourite? Uh, this is the kind of bizarre topic, and you just got to kind of run with it, I suppose, yeah, and let him yeah. do it. Um, so just Sam, smile and laugh, smile what, and laugh, Marlon. What, what have you got this time? Well, it was. Do you want my- to do my names? Throw <laughs> <laughs> you right off there. It was my birthday on Sunday. Um, um, we're not going to sing happy birthday, happy birthday or anything, so Sam, move on from that. I had a nice time. Well done. It was Good a nice work. weekend, Good. despite the fact that my mum tried to steal some of the limelight because it was also Mother's Day in the UK on the same day. First so time inconsiderate. That, first time that's ever happened. I've warned her it shouldn't happen again. Um, <laughs> she didn't take me very seriously. I bet she did. I'd just like to make it clear as well, Marlon, you're excused from this because we only met today, but uh, had some birthday drinks with the Bleach Report guys and uh, one of the two panel members yeah. turned up. Oh, okay. And the other one didn't. Can you so guess? So any, you any who gu- your friends are then. Any guesses? Who turned up and who didn't? It's interesting because if you, I would have said someone else because I don't say them two wouldn't have turned up at all. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I do have one friend in the room. And in, yeah, it's Jack. Thank you, Jack. You're Dean. Well, you're welcome. Something about a one-year-old kid. Not, yeah. bu- not buying it. Anyway. You just forgot, didn't you? Yeah. I, had a really, I had a really nice birthday. And it just got me thinking, was it a top three birthday? <laughs> You're ranking your top three birthdays. You're ranking your own birthdays. So I've ranked my top three birthdays. <laughs> oh, and, wow. and we will kick off at number three with Sunday, which was my 29th birthday. Uh, my girlfriends and uh, my, my two best mates and their girlfriends and wives. So, you know, the boys and the wags. Yeah. We, we went off to a, uh, like a, a little kind of cottage thing and we just had like a, couple, a, a weekend where it was quite loose, quite fun. Good time. And then we had the, the BR drinks that Jack came to. That was decent as well. Yep. Um, again, Marlon, you get the pass there. That was pretty good. I had a really right. good. It was over an extended period of time. Yeah, come on. Into number go. two. In 2012, when I turned 12, another very good one here. Group of friends of mine, we went In to... In 2012, you turned 12? Yeah. Is that okay? That's impossible. 
In 2012, you were not sorry. 2000, sorry, 2002. <laughs> That's what I say. Good to say. You said you're 29. No, yeah, yeah. Sorry, in 2002. Good catch, Dink. In 2002, when I turned 12... Yeah. That's why I didn't come to your birthday, because you're rubbish at maths. Yeah. <laughs> I had another very good one. We went to the cinema and watched Ice Age, which is a fantastic film Mate, with a group of friends. You need some better birthday. Just let me finish. And just let me finish. I got given an Xbox with six games. Pretty good. Now, now that's the killer. Oh, wow. An Xbox, was, an was Xbox. the Xbox in the back of a car. <laughs> Seriously, you're ranking your birthday. You should be... Are they ranking the show on that bit? Because <laughs> you would be falling very quickly. <laughs> Do you not think that sounds like fun? Xbox and six games? No. Birthday. Ranking your birthday. Are you not a, ga- not you not a gaming guy? Nah. Okay, well, I, can, I don't know why I didn't come to your birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one, <laughs> talk about I say. Let's see if I would have come to the number one birthday. Tell us about your best ever birthday. You definitely would. I think, right, so year R, which is reception in England, so it's four or five years of age, right? Hang on, you haven't had a good birthday for 24 years. <laughs> That's not what that says. This is the best one, right? I've the last two. Best one. So, I had a pirate, a pirate-themed costume party at my house, and my whole school class came. Every single one of them. We had a treasure hunt in the garden. We played all your classics, musical chairs, Twister, whatever you like. And then on the Monday, we got asked to write an essay. What did you do at the weekend? And because literally everybody went to my party, 30 people went, I went to Sam's birthday party. We were living that through, through the weekend and into the school week on the Monday. Everyone was talking about it. Right, I am gobsmacked. That's quite enough of that. I'm absolutely gobsmacked. With that in the bag, that's very much going to be it for us on this week's BR Football Ranks. If you've enjoyed it and not that last bit, please don't judge us on that last bit. And you're not already, get over to iTunes or Spotify or whichever podcast platform you like. I had a good time, Marlon. Different. I had a good time. What, at a pirate birthday or ranking them? All of it. I'm not coming to your 30th. <laughs> oh yeah, big one next year. Big one next year. Um, we'd love your ratings and reviews on iTunes and all that. And remember, you can hit up any of us on Instagram or using the hashtag BRFootballRanks on Twitter. All that's left for me to do is say thank you to Marlon Herwood. Marlon, how can the Rank Squad follow you and AC13 on social media in that? On AC13 Premier on Instagram, Twitter and um, LinkedIn and on Facebook yeah you should all do it there's some really cool stuff on there you get to see the players picking up their cars and stuff I was going to say the maddest social media for the maddest cars and and all those bits so definitely get following Uh, thank you as ever to this duo of devilment Sam Ty happy birthday to me Dean Jones (laughs) happy birthday Sam yes there it is that's what he's been waiting for I've been Jack Collins please keep spreading the word about the rank squad to your mates we are growing real fast and it's absolutely brilliant we are loving it we will see you next week take care 